0: Hi, welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. On this podcast, we talk about stress, trauma, plain old bad days, and how those events impact the way in which we walk through the world. Everyone needs to be heard, and I am here to listen. Together, we will find realistic, healthy ways to turn our setback into a comeback. If you're a person who has ever endured difficult times, which have left you feeling disconnected from your authentic self, a little bruised or even a little broken this podcast is for you hi this is victoria thank you for listening to this latest episode of welcome to the crisis with victoria i am excited and honored to have a very special guest today named pradipa narayana swami she is a professional fertility coach And before meeting Pradeepa, I myself was not familiar with such a term, but the more I've come to learn about it, the more I realized how blessed we are to have her with us and to do the work that she is doing. So with that, I will give it over to Pradeepa and let her tell us about herself and her journey and her services. Thank you, Pradeepa, for being here.
1: Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me on today. And I'm super grateful to you. And I'm super excited to be chatting with you. Thank you. And by the way, you did pronounce my name very, very good. Thank you. (laughs) It's not an easy one. I mean, people just freak out by the length of the name, but you did beautiful. So kudos to you. It's a beautiful name. (laughs) Thank you. It's just like Canada, a A after, especially my last name, like a A after every other letter, right? Like, so there's no silent characters. Hey, (laughs) I like it.
0: That makes it much easier. Okay. Awesome. Okay.
1: And to answer your question, yes, I am a fertility coach, but I wanted to take a little bit before I became a fertility coach. I actually, I've been a professional coach for 10 plus years now, but I became a fertility coach because of my personal struggles and my journey with infertility. So I actually call myself an infertility warrior. And I actually gone through that journey for 12 years, which to me is a very long journey. And oftentimes these 12 years, it was very lonely for me. It was very painful for me, very frustrating. And to add to that, it was also a very shameful journey for me for most (laughs) parts. And going through something like this by myself for such a long time, made me realize now, you know, like retrospecting and reflecting back on those 12 years. I now realize like, oh, my God, like how it changed me as a person, how it turned my life around and some of the decisions and some of the way that I showed up and some of the way that I acted. Sometimes I'm not very proud of that, Mm -hmm. but that's what was happening for me. And to be honest with you, Victoria, my 12 years of struggles, um, of course, I went through a plethora of treatments, anything that, you know, you can think about from the infertility treatments perspective, I got that treatment. Um, just to give you a little mm-hmm. bit of statistics for you and your listeners, I actually had three miscarriages and that led me to, and my OBGYN to refer me to a fertility specialist. So we then started trying with drugs that didn't work. And then the treatments begin, which is the first one is called intrauterine insemination, Mm -hmm. shortly termed as IUI. And three cycles of that, that didn't work. And then comes the golden standard, which is called IVF, in vitro fertilization, which is a pretty popular treatment and that's the golden standard for fertility treatment. And nevertheless to say, I had eight cycles of IVF back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Wow. And these cycles are not like days long. These are months long and such a rigor, such a discipline that you need to have. And the statistics-wise, the factual data-wise, it works for a lot of people. Like the percentage of success is high comparatively to some of the other treatments. But for me, it didn't work. Like one turned into two to three to four to eight cycles. And out of those eight cycles, I had three donor cycles. What that means is at some point in time, my doctor said like, okay, Pradeepa, we are not going to use your eggs anymore. It doesn't seem to look okay and viable. So we are going to find somebody has a more good reproductive health mm-hmm. and a younger female and we are going to try using their eggs. The reason why I'm saying that is when you hear that from a doctor, already there was a shame factor that, you know, I'm not good enough. I can't reproduce because reproduction is part of being a human, part of being a woman. Mm -hmm. And when I can't do that, I was already feeling ashamed. But when Mm -hmm. the doctor throws stuff like this at you, yeah, yours is not good enough factually. So we are going to try something else. Like we are going to bring another young woman's eggs Mm -hmm. and we are going to try that. Like that adds fuel to the fire already right like that makes the shame factor go drastically higher and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because Mm -hmm. until then I thought like okay there is still hope there is still hope there is still hope and that was the first time like okay you're I kind of received it as you're not good enough
0: Mm, you know you go through this long journey in a few paragraphs, and each sentence is loaded with so much impact. Just when you started to say, I started out this journey with three miscarriages, one miscarriage alone is enough to break a heart. Yeah, And you went through that three times and then moved into the next phase and the next phase. And I can only imagine the pain and the loneliness, and like you said, the shame yeah. for what seems to be you know, a natural part of being a woman to be able to reproduce. It must have had so many layers of emotion. And my heart feels for you. And what a painful and long journey, 12 yeah. years. I can only imagine going month to month, the anticipation, the letdown the resolve to try
1: again, and not to mention what it did to your physical body. Yeah, I always say that it not only affected my physical body, but it affected me mentally, emotionally, and a big part spiritually too, right? Yes, of course. Spiritually, like I never prayed, like I was angry at God at some point in time. And I said, like, you know what, like, if you're not helping me, I'm not coming to you. And I stopped mm. praying for four years in a row, right?
0: That's a very honest thing to admit. That's a very honest thing to admit. That was my
1: reality at the time. And I mm-hmm. avoided going to all my families back in India. And mm-hmm. I avoided going to India for four years in a row because I just couldn't take it. I was so afraid. I was so dread dreaded the questions that people are going to ask. Like, why the delay? What is the delay? Why are you not having kids, Right. And nobody in our family knew about the fertility struggles, nor the fertility treatments, because when I was pregnant for the first time, we announced it to a little bit of family and friends. But when I miscarried, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh my God, like, oh, I never expected that something as dreadful as miscarriage can happen. But when it Mm -hmm. happened, I fell really hard. And after that, I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't say anything until I know for sure, right? Like, I cannot say anything because uh-huh. I lost confidence, right? Uh-huh. I lost confidence in myself. I, I lost uh-huh. confidence in the reproductive system. So nobody knew about these treatments because, again, like I said, there is a shame factor. How can I go and say to somebody, like, you know, I'm having doctors help me with assisting on the reproductive side. Like, how does that Mm -hmm. sound like? It's supposed to be a natural thing that should happen between a man and a woman. Yes. So there was that as well added to it. So by going through these treatments, going back to my journey, going through these treatments, I use this analogy a lot and I wanted to share this with you, Victoria. Every time it felt like every treatment, it felt like climbing the stairs of the 30th floor building, and mm. only to fall down face flat from the window of the 30th floor, broken into pieces. And yet I have to pick these pieces myself, stick it back together and climb the stairs all over again. It was <laughs> exhausting.
0: And what you just said, you had to put those pieces back together yourself yeah. it's not like other things where we have a community rally around us and everyone picks up a piece and puts the glue on and helps right. us glue ourselves back together you are suffering alone in shame, in silence and having to do it yourself yeah. put yourself back together again only to start that horrendous exhausting climb yeah. once again
1: I was like a turtle hiding in the shell oh To be honest with you, I don't think I ever let anybody come into the show with me, right? Because, again, there was the shame factor. I was so ashamed that people are going to judge me for not able to reproduce, not able to have a child. And I was dreadful for the questions or the sympathy that people are going to offer me right i was, right. i was i was dreading all those things and many times victoria in those 12 years i wish i had the magic wand and i can just disappear from the face of the earth
0: i can only imagine i can only imagine and you went through this for 12 years and i know that you are now a mother thankfully and at what point during this lonely awful journey was there a point even when you were in it when you said, at some point, I will help other women because this is too awful, too isolating, too lonely, too shameful for others to have to face alone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll finish off my story. After the eighth IVF failure, my husband even suggested, let's go for one more IVF cycle. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I at that time, until then, I was like, yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because I was very optimistic and I never give up. I, mm-hmm. I'm i not a person. I'm very resilient, right? Like I'm, I never give up on stuff. But for some reason, I think my exhaustion has hit a limit at that time. I said, yes. no, I don't want it to try one more time. Let's stop right here. And we mm-hmm. talked and we decided to go with the adoption route. So okay. that was the day we both. Signed the paperwork for adoption, and that's a long process, too. Yes, it was, it was for us, it was an international adoption, so it took five years for us to bring our child home. But even after signing the paperwork with the adoption, Victoria, it took me three years to truly move on and truly gain acceptance that yes, I have infertility, and yes, mm-hmm. that's okay because mm-hmm. even at that time i was still considering when when we were signing our paperwork for adoption i was still thinking that like oh my god i am a failure here i mm-hmm. tried and tried and tried i mm-hmm. gave myself everything to this process I was not slacking I was so disciplined I ate mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to eat I maintained a healthy weight what I'm supposed to have I did everything and even above and beyond what the treatment asked for right yes. I did everything that that is expected out of me yet yet why right like why me why did you for me the diagnosis is called unexplained infertility And you know what that means is even the scientific, intelligent doctors still, even after all the test results and all the facts, they cannot figure out why we can't get pregnant or I can't stay pregnant. Right. So No closure for me. So they have this term called unexplained. That means, you know, like, uh, you know, just putting their hands above and say, like, sorry, Pradeepa, we don't know why this is happening for you. So we are going to call this. This is the medical term, right? Unexplained. And Mm. that also didn't give me closure. Tell me at least there is something wrong with me. I will at least use that to move on. Yes. But not having that, I was still beating myself up with the, you know, like, why me? Like, why Mm -hmm. not me? What did I do wrong? Right? Again, that's where my anger with God kind of keep coming. Like, why did you choose me to be this way? Mm -hmm. Nobody in my family has this, nor I wasn't aware of anybody. This is not like hereditary thing. Like, what did I again do wrong? Right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't even Mm -hmm. talk to my own mother, Victoria, because to me, mom, you don't understand this, because you have me and my brother you haven't gone through infertility
0: mm-hmm. you won't
1: be able to relate right so i i couldn't even talk to my own mother oh, it, it, that's that's the loneliness part and it took me 3 years and the day that i moved on victoria was the day that i finally realized i was being a victim to infertility mm-hmm. and the day when i realized when i realized that was the word that stuck me so hard and deep like oh my god i'm being a victim here And I hated that.
0: And I hated
1: the passion. And I said, like, you know what? I am not going to be a victim. I am going to own my own infertility. Mm. And that was the day that I actually truly moved on and made peace with my infertility. Wow.
0: Yes. To feel like a victim, being the type of person that you've described yourself, a warrior, a fighter, someone to never give up seeking any resource and then to finally say, wait, this is making me into a victim and I refuse to be that.
1: Yeah, I did not realize that was my blind Uh spot. I was being a victim all along. And as soon as I realized that like I'm being a victim, that was the day. I still remember the day I was sitting in a hotel in downtown Chicago at the night. I still remember hearing the sirens down below me Mm -hmm. and tears started flowing from my eyes uncontrollably because I realized I wanted to take control. I wanted to own my journey. I wanted to be in control of my infertility. Infertility will never, ever control me moving Mm -hmm.
0: forward.
1: That was the day that I truly moved on, Victoria. That was the shift. Yeah, that was was the day that I moved Mm -hmm. on. And... Just closing off of my story here, we adopted our son and he came into our lives in 2016, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And you asked me what was my moment to turn around and start thinking about other people. Bringing my son home was the moment because mm. 16 years, I've been married at, at the time in 2016, I was married for 16 years. 16 years of my married life i was desperate for having a child mm-hmm. i barely wanted to have a family mm-hmm. to be a mother mm-hmm. and when kartik came into our homes in 2016 i had all those things i am a mother now yes i have a child Congratulations. i have a family and i'm so blessed i'm so blessed to have him in our lives
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that time victoria i had a choice mm-hmm. I could have just moved on with my life. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I, now I have everything that I asked for, which I was desperate, mm-hmm. and I could have moved on with my life. Mm-hmm. But I stopped for a second, and I looked back, and looked back into my 12 years of my loneliness and pain and shame and my struggles, and I told to myself, you know what? I don't want to ignore These 12 years.
0: Those 12
1: years are a long time in my life. And it made so much impact for me as a person. And it taught me so many things, which I'm proud of, which I'm not proud Mm -hmm. of. So many things. And you know what? It really sucked. My journey really, really sucked. And that was the day that I decided... I am going to turn my life around and I wanted to help other people's infertility journey so that it doesn't have to suck that much for them. Right. So that was the day uh, I decided to become a fertility coach.
0: That's incredible. And like you said, you could have gone on with your life. You had everything you wanted, but instead you turned around, you saw people still in that fire, in that misery. And instead of walking away, you grabbed a bucket and went back with water to pour on the fire to help them come out of their own. Absolutely. That's that's beautiful and speaks to who you are as a person and, and your strength and character. And what a beautiful story to share with your son and with the people around you. I can only imagine the people that you bless. Tell me a little bit about the people you help, what your coaching looks like, Maybe you can talk to me a little bit about what you do is
1: for the individuals and for the couples. Yeah, absolutely. When I started this as a fertility coach, Victoria, I only focused a lot on women at that time because I was mm-hmm. a woman and I was struggling through a lot. So I started, you know, like focusing on women, but very, very soon I realized there is a forgotten entity. I call men as a forgotten entity in this infertility mm-hmm. struggles oftentimes yes women go through all these treatments women go through a lot more pain but men are also in this journey and shame on me I never checked in on my husband when we were going through this fertility struggles right so that was a Mm -hmm. big aha moment for me I started supporting men too very much so and then Couples like I lived through this for 12 years, right? As a couple, our intimacy was struggling, right? Our relationship was going through a turmoil, it was going through a roller coaster ride. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: infertility affects relationships, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there is a lot of relationships that either end up in separation or divorce. I can imagine. Somehow I made it up with my husband and we came out of it pretty strong. Mm. But there are a lot of couples I know. And I struggle through it. I'm not an exception here. I struggle through it at many points. And I, there used to be, I never verbalized it or vocalized it. But in my head, I used to think like, why am I on this relationship? Right? Mm-hmm. I used to think mm-hmm. that. I never verbalized it out loud, right? Sometimes I feel like we were both living under the same roof, but on two different islets. Right? Yes. I, I never wanted to speak to him. I never, I aloofed myself, right? Like your intimacy yes. and the sex on demand sucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yes, it really really sucks right your intimacy yeah. struggles a lot it affected my sex life it affected my social life right it mm-hmm. affects mm-hmm. our whole being and that's why I started focusing a lot on couples too because to me mm-hmm. infertility should never be a cause for a relationship to end infertility right. is just a small yes. bump in your life journey road
0: Right. But I could totally understand how a couple without support, without a a place to talk about it and be honest about what you just described, what it's like on both sides, the sex on demand, how it affects your social life, the awkwardness when people are wondering if you're pregnant yet, if you're still trying. Without someone like you to speak to, I can completely imagine how that would just filter into every layer of the relationship and begin to deteriorate absolutely. the quality of that absolutely. of that sacred love.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. People won't realize that because we were not taught growing up in schools and colleges, we were not taught how to have these tough conversations with each mm-hmm. other, right? Mm-hmm. Many of the people try to avoid it. Of course. What happens when we avoid it? We are just sweeping it under the rug, sweep under the rug, sweep under the rug. (laughs) And what happens when you open the rug? It's filthy, it's dirty, it's rotten, and it stinks, right? It's
0: a mess. Mm -hmm. It's
1: a mess down there, and it's going to erupt, right? It's going to make a big mess. So that's where I come in, right? You know, I have been there. I empathize. I don't sympathize. I empathize. And I have seen, I've come to the other side of this equation right, with regards to infertility. So that's why I am very passionate about helping couples so that their relationship stays stronger. Their intimacy, you know, they can still be intimate with each other, even though they are going through as hard as something as terrible as infertility challenges.
0: So you help them keep the love affair part of their life separate from the fertility journey so that they can still be husband and wife in love, making love, enjoying their time together instead of just soldiers on a mission.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That is so important. And, you know, I know holidays is a very tough time for somebody who's going through infertility challenges mm. every time going and meeting the family around <sighs> these holiday season when you have to meet other people who are announcing their pregnancies yeah. or you know showing their baby belly of the first oh. time or you know mm-hmm. um, like you dread these times right oh, like oh really my imagine. god please don't ask these questions right right so I wanted to share a couple of tips. Yes, like I know that this can be a really hard time. Mm-hmm. So, one of the tip is any of these social events, you have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't want it to go, don't. Mm-hmm right? Like people often feel, I used to feel obligated to all the baby showers and birthday parties that I got invited because they are the best friend or, you know, like they are a close family member. I never had the guts to say no. Mm. I never had the guts, nor the courage to say, you know what, like I'm not in a good space right now. I'm going to be even miserable. If I come there, can I be excused? I never had those language, those words with me to share, right? And that's something that I always like with all my clients, pretty much they all have this problem. Mm-hmm. That's something that I coach on. So they have the language to say they no, have the words.
0: not yes. right now,
1: right? Like not right now in their own way, right? Yes. That's something that I coach them on. That's right? beautiful. And as, a, as an individual or as a couple, yes. you can decide to say no in a mm-hmm. polite way. right? And that's okay.
0: Yes. Or
1: another thing is, if you end up going to a event or a holiday event or a gathering or, you know, whatever that is, a social gathering, mm-hmm. if you're a couple or you're in a relationship, you can have a plan on how you are going to tackle this together. Yeah. So you are both coming as somebody who is on this together rather than. You know, like, oh my God, what's my wife gonna tell, or what's my husband gonna tell, or what's my partner gonna say here? I don't know, right? Like, you're not being surprised by each other's answers. Right. Have a plan, right? Whatever those answers are, you can do it together and you can share the same message. Mm-hmm. And what that also shares to other people is like, look at them. They are at this together. Yes. Right? Like,
0: that's great. Yes. Right?
1: Setting up an example for other people. Absolutely.
0: In any situation, yeah. what a way to walk into an event feeling connected and strong instead of worried and insecure and scared about what's Absolutely. going to come at you. That's beautiful. Absolutely.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Such and an all important you need thing. is
0: to it together. Yes. That alone must just be so helpful. Wow. How great that you're out there. And I hope that whoever's listening to this If you're struggling with infertility, I hope you'll contact Pradeepa. And if you aren't, and I know some of us feel awkward when we know people have had issues and we don't know what to say, this may be the greatest gift you could give them in the holidays is to refer them to Pradeepa and just say, hey, I heard about this lady. You know, she's been where you are. Maybe check out her website, give her a call, send her an email. Yeah. What a relief, you know, I mean, something because then it helps others to feel useful also because we care about the people going through this. But again, we're in foreign territory. We don't know what to say, but we don't want to not say anything. But often people stay silent because they are afraid of saying the wrong thing. So sharing that you heard this podcast, and there's a woman who's walked through this fire and is back with buckets to help those going through it could be just a total blessing for the people in your life that may be struggling with infertility. That's a great, great message.
1: You brought up a very great point. I actually wanted to share a couple of tips for people who are Mm -hmm. supporting Loud ones, Like you just said, you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of people don't know what to say mm-hmm. or how to support people, right? Right. I'll give you two tips right now, right? Yes. If you haven't been through infertility and if you know of somebody who's going through those challenges, please be honest with them and let them know, hey, friend or hey, loved one, I know this is such a tough time for you in your life. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I do not understand what you're going through. But you know what? Nevertheless, I am here for you. That's it. Yes. yes. Please be honest that you don't understand. Don't pretend that you understand. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's too hard for you. Or no, I right. I understand. When people say I understand, they don't. Many of many people just <laughs> say that because right. that's what they think that they should say. No, absolutely. If you don't understand, say you don't understand because I appreciate the honesty. Yes. Right. I appreciate the honesty and everybody who's struggling through anything in their life. Right. I'm just using infertility as an example. Right. It can be anything. Remove infertility and put any other hardships in life.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't understand what that is like for you to go through this. But you know what? I'm here for you. Just say yes. those words. You know what? That means the world to people. It
0: really does. I see you. I don't understand, but I see you. I care. And I'm here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Period. <laughs> absolutely. And that's it. And number two, offer to do something. You know, it doesn't have to be awkward right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, just because they're going through hardships, it doesn't have to be awkward. Maybe Mm -hmm. offer to go with them for a self-care activity, right? Like offer to go to a treatment with them because oftentimes going to those treatments, sitting there, you know, especially if your partner is not coming for all the treatments, offer Mm -hmm. to go to a treatment, right? With them so that it's not such a lonely thing. You know, you, you are supporting them. You are giving them the gift Of your presence and your time. Yes,
0: yes, which is one of the most valuable things any of us can give. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Offer your shoulder to cry on. Yes. You know, offer the biggest and the tightest hug that you can (laughs) ever offer, right? Those are all the things that I wish I had when I was going through that. Yeah. Instead, a lot of times, Victoria, all I got was, I understand, or why are you delaying? Or, I'm so sorry, right? Like, those oh. are the things you should not tell people. Like, please right. right. don't sympathize. Please do not sympathize. Right. Sympathy is the mm-hmm. last thing that you share with the person.
0: Oh, and it just drives people more into shame yeah. and secrecy it and embarrassment, all of those yeah. things. It never helps. It never
1: helps. It, it puts me even mm. down, right? Like, it put me even down. Of course. Down. See, that's why, yeah. as a coach, you know, you shared something so important there, right? Like, it drags you down. For me, Mm -hmm. my purpose and my mission as a coach is to help people get unstuck in their infertility Mm -hmm. journey and help them move forward because I was stuck. Calendar years were moving for 12 years, Victoria, but I was stuck. (sighs) I was completely stuck. Like day after day, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I was stuck. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing to help Mm -hmm. people get unstuck, move on with their life and wherever their life takes them. It doesn't matter. Right. Regardless of the outcome. Regardless of the outcome. Yes. My journey led me to Karthik. Mm -hmm. My journey led me to Karthik and it can be different for different people. Yes. And that's their choice. Right. And if, if you're a family or a friend, Please don't say stuff like, just relax, it's going to happen, or just adopt." <laughs> Please don't tell that because right. that's not your choice. That's your wish. Yes, like, You have to respect whoever is going through. What is their wish? What do they want? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: right. None of us can tell no. the outcome. You All cannot. we can do is offer to walk beside a person as they go through their own journey, regardless of how it turns out. And as I looked at your website, I can see... The blessing that you are to the people, the testimonials on your website are incredible and speak to your compassion and empathy and kindness, and coaching skills. I was very impressed with what people had to say about you. And if you're interested in finding out more about Pradeepa, obviously I will have all the information to reach her in my show notes. She is at pradeepafertilitycoach.com, and you can email her at hello at pradeepafertilitycoach.com. But I encourage you to take a look at that website and just see the way that she has touched people's lives. It's inspiring and powerful. And like I said before, I'm just grateful for all the people like you who go through hard times and instead of just strolling along and enjoying the fruits of their hard-earned labor go back to help others and make a difference and that speaks a lot to the type of person that you are is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we close out pradeepa i've enjoyed our time together and could go on for hours but i know that you you did mention you have something else to do
1: after this thank you victoria i just wanted to tell everybody who is struggling through infertility you have a choice mm-hmm. you don't have to feel like a victim and don't struggle in silence right Take control and ownership of your infertility struggles because it's on you. Mm -hmm. Like Victoria mentioned, please reach out to me. If I can be of any service and any assistance to you, Mm -hmm. I would gladly, gladly do that.
0: Yes. Thank you. What a wonderful message you share. And I know that this is going to reach the people who need to hear it. And like I said, if it's not you going through it, but you know someone who is, share this with them. This could be the greatest gift they receive this holiday season. Well, thank you, Pradeepa. And I hope we can talk again in the future. There's so many layers to this journey. And I'd love to have you back sometime to share a little bit more about different topics. There's so much to talk about in this area that has just not been talked about. And I thank you for bringing it to light and shining a light on it, lifting the rug.
1: Thank you, Victoria. I'm super grateful to you again. Thank
0: you so much for being here. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to After the Crisis with Victoria. For more about me, how I can serve your needs, and links to our special guests, please subscribe to this podcast and visit victoriaenglishmartin.com. Also, come on over to our free Facebook group and join our community, After the Crisis with Victoria. I'm offering access to fun, healthy, and thought-provoking content. Additionally, you'll find exclusive programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Until next time, count your blessings, not your burdens. And remember, there is Life After the Crisis.